0: Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way and exclusive tips, and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome back to the show. I'm very excited and humbled today to be joined by the legend that is Jeb Blount. Jeb is the CEO at Sales Gravy. Jeb's a sales acceleration specialist and author of a massive amount of books. In fact, 11 to be precise. Um, Those include Fanatical fanatical Prospecting, Sales EQ, People Buy You, People Follow You, Objections, and his latest book, Inked. Um, He's among the world's most respected sales leaders for prospecting sales leadership and customer experience. And through his global organisation, Sales Gravy, Jeb advises some of the world's leading organizations and sales execs on the whole world of emotional intelligence and uh, various customer-facing
1: skills. Jeb, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. And I love that massive amount of books. Like, that's, that's what I'm going for. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my bio, and I'm going to say he wrote a massive <laughs> amount of books. <laughs>
0: Glad to be of help, man. Excellent. So there's a whole bunch of things myself and the audience would love to learn from your good self, Jeb. Um, we want to learn your top business growth strategies. We want to learn how digital marketing has helped you along the way, along with your sales and marketing secret tips and insights that have helped you. But first and foremost, we'd love to learn a bit more about yourself, Jeb. Um, we'd love to learn where you grew up, how you got into the business world, and some of the key roles that you've had up until the present day, so up until you founded uh, Sales Gravy. So yeah, if you could tell us a, bit, us a bit more about yourself and how you got in the business world, man.
1: Sure. I grew up in a small town in the state of Georgia, in the United States, uh, on a dirt road on a farm. And I went to a small school and I got my, my, I guess my, you know, start in sales in particular in business because I started a little business when I was maybe 14 years old where i would go to the different farms and i would bury their dead animals and i know this sounds really crazy it's like crazy right but like if you live on a farm in georgia where it gets hot in the summertime and let's say a chicken dies and your dogs drag it up underneath your house it smells really bad and nobody wants to go and retrieve the chicken so uh, i made a living going in and 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 finding whatever was dead whatever it was and I would bury it and make sure it stayed buried and that was my guarantee. So I had a pretty good business in the summertime of dealing with anything that was dead on the farm and I, I grew that into in the high school. I sold ads for the yearbook and was very successful at that and Ooh, okay. f- really from the very beginning realized that, you know, I was good at selling. I, my father's an attorney. I thought I was going to be an attorney and And I came to this fork in the road in my mid 20s where I got accepted to go to law school. I was working for a big Fortune 500 company and really successful there. And my dad didn't really want me to go to law school, so I told my company I was leaving, I was going to go to law school, and they came back and they offered me, at the, at the time, this is the mid-90s, a lot of money to stick around and gave me a promotion. So I made a decision to take the promotion and take the money rather than go to law school, and I never looked back. And I grew up in that company from sales to sales management uh, to I worked in, in marketing for a while. I'm um, working with a okay. sales organization jumped out of marketing, back into operations, ended up uh, running the sales organization. So I was, you know, vice president of sales, and then and then in my in my late 30s i started this company sales gravy that was 13 years ago and have grown that into um a a business that that prior to this this current little crisis that we jumped into we were tracking uh to do about 25 million dollars we probably are not going to make it um considering what has just happened in the economy but uh but we've, we've we've you know just grown really really fast and uh and and I'm a sales company. I teach people how to sell, teach businesses how to accelerate growth and uh, both from a consulting standpoint and from a training standpoint. Fantastic, Jeb. So it sounds like you've had quite, quite a jump. So you
0: started off in, in high school, was it? You were, you're basically sorting out dead animals and looking yes. after anyone who had a dead animal. You were, you'd take that away. You take a fee and you sort that out. And then you moved on there from selling ad space. In, what what did you say you were doing there? In That's my yearbook, on... in my high school yearbook. I got it. I,
1: I, uh, cool, number one salesperson on my high school yearbook, selling ads. So you had the entrepreneurial
0: spirit from a young age, it sounds like.
1: I did. You know, I, I, the, the only thing that I regret if I were to really to go back and look, because I had a really good career in the Fortune 500 world. It was I grew up in big business. I understood it. And I wish that I had become an entrepreneur earlier. I I, it, I had a great career. I, I was like a rocket ship. And everything that I learned there, I've been able to apply in building my own business. I just wish that I'd had the courage to do it earlier. And some of it's you know, when you're making a lot of money, when people are paying you a lot of money, it's really, really hard to jump out because when I did jump out of, of big business, you know i was I was making a ton of money. I lived in a big old house and you know on the water in Florida and suddenly I had to go make it on my own and i didn't have any help, no secretaries, no you know no jets, no anything and that's a very very scary thing to do and for me, it was it was a little easier because when I made the jump it, it, into my own business, it, we were in a very similar time than we are right now. We were in the global economic crisis. So I, I basically started a business right in the middle of a recession, maybe one of the dumbest wow. things in the world to do. <laughs> However... We also learned a lot because because we started in a recession, this current crisis that we're in really hasn't phased us. We're we've been able to, to move through it pretty, you know, pretty well. We, we were used to it. We knew what to, what to plan for. I mean, it's hurt us really poorly, really badly, but we're OK. Sure. Uh, but the but the but the ability to sort of to to, to sustain through it we haven't had this massive amount of anxiety because we plan for it. But that's, I think, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, about moving into an entrepreneurial role from a corporate role, there's a lot of fear that takes place and you, and you're leaving, you know, you're leaving your, uh, your anchor, you're leaving your, uh, your paycheck behind. And so there's, true. there's very, very few things that are more scary it's, than that.
0: It's definitely a big step. So just before we talk about how you, um, came into Sales Gravy and, and kind of built that business up, yeah. Jeb. It'd be good to learn a bit more about your, your corporate role, where you said you moved right up the ladder from kind of a, a starting entry yep. point right up into sales, into management, and into marketing for a little bit. So yeah, tell us a bit more about that, what you were doing, what you were selling, and the lessons you learned along the way, Jeb.
1: Well, at 24, I was driving a truck in an entry-level job, delivering uniforms, and at 34, okay. I was vice president of sales. So in 10 years, <laughs> I went from, you know, from basically uh, schlepping uniforms out of a truck into a VP role. And awesome. I, the, the, the truck piece was really a more of a management trainee job. Uh, and I went into operations, realized that all the people that were in sales were making a lot more money than me and working a lot less. Jumped in the sales role, number one salesperson in the company, uh, broke all kinds of records, got a, a promotion to sales manager, broke more records, and turned around a couple of teams. Got, was 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 noticed and, by the people at the corporate office. Put what me would into you say was the
0: secret behind that success? What would you say made you become jump so quickly in, into those roles? What were you doing that made you stand up?
1: I could make it rain. I can sell stuff. So, I mean, the, the, the thing was, is, is if you can sell and you can make it rain, if you can produce revenue and make it in, in profitable revenue, people notice that they want to move you up. Now, there are people that you're producing the revenue for at the, it, who you work for in those spots. They don't want to let you go because you're, you're a big piece of them making their bonuses and then hit, hit them hitting their growth goals. So it's, you know, as you're trying to move up the ladder, there are people that are trying to hold you back if you're good at what you do. So you've, you've got, you've got the two, you know, two things going on, but you have to be ambitious. You have to ask for it. If people ask me all the time, how do you get promoted? I go, you got to keep asking for what you want. Now you have to perform and you have to ask if you perform and you expect people to come to you and, and give you things, you're going to be waiting for a long, long time. So what I would do is I was really ambitious. I wanted to grow and I knew that if I could crush my number and I could ask, I could move. So that's what I that's basically what I did. And, and the you know, I, I also planned to leave the company to go get a law degree at one point. And you know huh. that leaving the company got a lot of people's attention too. So that got me a promotion as well. But it was also along the way volunteering for things. So one of the one of the big breaks I got in my in my career was we were merging a few companies together. I had an organization that was running really smoothly, so I volunteered to be on the team to do the merger, and when I was on that team, I met all of these executives from all over the organization that I didn't have relationships with, and I was working hand-in-hand with them on this particular merger, so when I went back to my regular job, they knew my name, and that's a really important thing to do in, in your job is people, you want people to know your name, since they yeah, knew my sense. name. When opportunities came up, my phone would ring and they called me. So one opportunity came up that gave me a really, really big promotion that was way over my head. But I got that because of the relationships that I built along the way. So I think that one of the things that I always tried to be was indispensable. So I I would volunteer for anything. I worked as much as I possibly could. And as a leader, one of the things that served me very, very well was early on I had some pretty good mentors who taught me to become obsolete. In fact, that was the best advice that I got. Your job as a leader is to be obsolete. And I remember the first time a guy named Roger McKee said this to me, and I looked at him and said, well, if I'm obsolete, then they won't need me anymore. And he said, I was says, gonna no, ask, what do you mean way. by that, Jeff? <laughs> he says, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. He says, if you, if you are a leader and you are obsolete, in other words, your team can move without you, the organization ah, will it. always find something more important for you to do. And he was right. So I would create a team, make them so good, and then get out of their way. And then I could go volunteer for other things. I could go work on other projects. I had time to think and build and grow. And if you're doing those things for your organization, suddenly you're able to grow the organization. And it's not any different sales gravy. When I first started sales gravy, it was just me. I was me in my flip-flops in my home office <laughs> banging the phone, like calling people, cold calling, looking for business. And 13 years later, I've got uh, Keith Lubner, who's our executive vice president. Jason Eatman, who's our chief sales officer. I've got Kerry, who's our CFO. I've got great trainers who don't need me to babysit them. So they're doing all of these incredible things, and it gives me as the leader time to think. And if I've got time to think, then I've got time to think about what's the next thing over the horizon. And let me give you a great example of that right now. So. so I, I don't I don't know what your situation is there, but right now it's uh, we're in the middle of this big coronavirus virus crisis. This yep, all kicked off down. for me beginning of March. So I was still on the road beginning of March, end of February, but it sort of sort of started happening, and the second weekend in, in March, sort of everything fell apart. So I'm I travel 300 days a year, and I'm grounded for at least the next two or three months. So we, we, you know, we, we look at our business, we're a training business, all my trainers suddenly are grounded, and we look at the entire you know, landscape and think, well, this is gonna be a pretty hard next three months because we've got, we've got issues. Well, because I have a team, I'd already had a chance to think about this. I, we had already planned for a recession. So we had invested about a half a million dollars last year in our studio complex. I'm in one of our studios. The studio is called The Clubhouse. It's looking and, nicely kitted out, man, it's looking sweet. Yes, and, we, we built this from the ground up, so you can tell the sound's good here, and we've sure. got good lighting, so the lighting is up. Uh, I've got my producer just left to eat lunch, but I typically have a producer over here. We've got multiple studios here, so when this happened, all we did was shift our in-person trainings into our studio, and we're able to deliver a, a level of virtual training that no one else has experienced. People are in awe of what we do, because we're essentially putting on a TV show because of what we did, so nice. if I if I hadn't had a team of people, what would I've been doing? I've been working in the business. I wouldn't have time to think, get ahead, and that's sort of what you want to do as a leader and as a as an individual. Is you want to make sure that you have time to think, and then and then as this happened, I realized that hey, the world just shifted, and we're going to be doing a lot more of this virtual. So I was able Got to it. very quickly spin up a brand new book called Virtual Selling that will be out in May. And because I have an entire team and my company is running and money is coming in, it's not as much money as was before, I can stop what I'm doing, immediately go work on something that's gonna change our future as an organization because I'm obsolete. The organization nice. doesn't need me in order to run.
0: Love that, love that explanation. Okay, Jed, fantastic. And that's, that's a really nice little tip for anyone listening who's in management or who's in leadership or any business owners as well. Cool. So you moved up to being a vice president of that corporate-based company, Jeb. Was there any other lessons or um, things that you learned in terms of business, in terms of sales, or perhaps marketing that you'd like to share with us, or that's going to be useful for the audience tuning in?
1: Well, the, we the thing on. for me that I, you know, I learned in that business was make money. So again, you know, there's a lot of businesses that are being startup started up right now where you've got a lot of VC money coming in and I, it feels like sometimes that the intent is to lose as much money as you possibly can. And and I just don't subscribe to that. Businesses are, are built to make a profit. I understand that people get rich that way. I understand that, they're, you know, that that's part of the whole Internet economy is you start businesses that don't make money. However, again, in a situation like this where suddenly everything has changed, right, the tide is going out, we're starting to see all of the businesses that have been swimming naked in the, in the last economy. And they're getting hit pretty hard. They're throwing people out of their company. Some of them aren't going to make it and we can start seeing that capital is starting to move the organizations that are able to generate a profit. So that is my primary job is to create a profit as an organization. And, and, and then with that profit, create jobs, take care of people, make sure all my folks are okay. And because I'm a profitable business, one of the, 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 the things that we were able to make a commitment to during this crisis is that none of our people are going to get laid off. Nobody's going to miss a paycheck. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck because we don't have as much money coming in. But because we ran our business well, we focused on the basic fundamentals of running a business, we're able to do that. And I'd, I'd say that of, you know, the time that I spent at, at this company that I worked for, a company called Aramark. Um, the one thing that I learned was the basic fundamentals of business, how a business works, what to do with a business, how to make it, you know, how to make it profitable, how to make it grow and how to do things that make sure that your business is going to last over the long term. So whether it's sales or business or you're an entrepreneur or you're starting up a company or you're working in a company that's been around for a long time, you're doing digital marketing, there are basics and fundamentals that you absolutely must follow. And if you follow those basics and fundamentals, if you practice them, if you adhere to them, you're going to be okay. There, there Things are going to happen up and down, but you're going to win. And that's if I took one thing away, it was make money because that's what business is for and make sure that you are planning for the future, and then operate every day, every day, every day on those core fundamentals, uh, and you, know, you, you won't go wrong.
0: Yep, that's, that's really good advice. It's simple, but it's so true. Cool. Okay, Jeb. So moving forwards, tell us about how, how Sales Gravy came about, the light bulb moment, when you came to be a part of that company, and uh, how that all came about.
1: Well the, the it came about in the middle of the last recession when um the company that I was working for decided that you know they they had some uh some issues with high level executives who like me were going to a lot of meetings but not producing a lot so they gave me the option of moving into another role a different role than, than I was in it was I wasn't going to get hurt or anything but they gave me that option and I made a decision at that point that if I didn't jump into starting my own company, I probably never would. I mean, there was going to be a point where you crossed over, a, a, a I don't know, a, a, a place where you just didn't have enough time, enough runway to go out and build what you wanted to build. So I, in that in that inflection point, a decision point, if you want to call it, I just made a decision that I was going to start a company. I started sales gravy because I didn't really know how to do anything other than sell. That was what I was good at. And Makes sense. I, I started it stupidly thinking I was going to be able to start a website and sell advertising on the website and make a living. It took me about three months to figure out that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I, a lot of media companies have figured that out the hard way as well. So I, I then evolved into creating – You know, salesgravy.com became a, a job board. So I was – in 2010, the market share leader in my niche as a sales job board – And I, it was a subscription based job board. So I was getting monthly revenue from, you know, from my, for job posting for my accounts by 2010, we were printing money. And, and I was working full-time on that. I, the vision had always become, been to be a consulting training, advisory company, working with global organizations, helping them with their sales organizations no matter where they were in the spot. Even you know these days we, we help companies spin up their CRM. So we're a, a HubSpot goal partner and we work with a lot of companies to help them shift into those into this type roles. So at the time I'm a job board selling subscriptions to a job board, knowing that this was what we wanted to be. And because I needed to create cash, what the job board did because of monthly revenue stream. And crazy as it sounds, a job board in a recession is really not a bad idea because a lot of people need jobs. Yeah, that makes sense. So I spun that up and, and then I used that cash from the job board to pay forward so I could then build the company that we are today. And, and we did that very successfully. We're no longer a job board. We spun that business out. Uh, okay. Our monthly revenue now comes from online learning and e-learning. So we took, you know, one revenue stream and replaced it with the, with the other revenue stream. That revenue stream is not, has now more than doubled what we had from, you know, from a job board revenue stream. And it's a lot easier and more fun product to work with and sell. But, I, but you know, when I talk to entrepreneurs and they say, well, I need money, I said I was in the same boat. I mean, I, I had some money saved, but I needed money. So, but I had to build something that could create money so that I could, I could then chase the dream that I really had, the vision that I really had for the organization. And that was a very difficult thing to do because in the process of spinning up a job board, you're working 24 hours a day running that while you're trying to do other things. That's why you've got to surround yourself with really good people and yep. that's, you know, you got to do that one at a time, one piece at a time. And, and sometimes you got to go through a lot of turkeys before you finally find an eagle that then, you know, you can work within your business.
0: Makes sense, man. So it, I didn't realize it started off a recruitment bo- um, job board. So that's interesting. Yeah. So how did you scale the business up? So it started off just yourself, right, Jeb? And then you slowly built up a team. What were some of the strategies you used to actually grow the business? So, did you use any digital marketing, or was it all outbound? Was it like cold outreach, like cold calls, emails? Talk us a bit oh, through the. Yeah.
1: I mean, we banged the phone. I mean, we're a cold call company, so the the you know it's a little of both. So if you if you look at the job board, uh, the job board was was you know we ran through agencies. We did a massive amount of cold calling, a lot of cold calling. Uh, you know, email marketing as well. We didn't do a lot of buying advertising specifically for the job board, although we arbitraged uh, jobs. So, for example, we would go to a aggregator of job posts. We would buy space from them really cheap. So you're talking about some, anywhere from 5 to 25 cents per click in those particular situations. So you would go buy a massive amount of clicks. And then, and then you would go sell your job post, subscriptions, and then you would use those clicks to bring traffic into those job posts. So you had to always be playing the spread between what you were spending on advertising and what you were getting from subscriptions. And because you're a niche job board, you'd be really, really careful that you don't overextend yourself on advertising in order to make, you know, make people happy. And in that, in, that, in that environment, everybody's pretty unhappy. The in the current environment, you know, scaling up into training, it was just really a matter of creating the cash that we needed from the job board so that we could set off and start doing training. You also had to have the credibility that went with it. So 11 books later, it's pretty easy to get the credibility because I wrote the book on sales training essentially. So sure. we, so in that world, it was the first thing I did was get a team in place that could sell the job board, which I did. And that was, okay. that wasn't easy, just a few people. But then once I got people that could run the job board, I left the job board alone. The job board's my cash cow. And then I was able to go out and start picking up training, con- uh, our, our, our contracts and customers and clients. I couldn't do that when I was running the job board essentially by myself. So you went obsolete on the job board, up. right? What's that? You went obsolete on the job board? I went obsolete on the job board. I just Good kept up. it going, right? It kept moving for us. And at the same nice. time, started building out clients. And then as I started building out clients, then I was able to take, uh, one, in fact, one of the, 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 the uh, people that sold on the job board said, I really want to do training. And so I spent some time with him, taught him how to train. And then when he wasn't selling job board ads, he would do a little bit of training. And so we added another person to the team. And then we found another person who wanted to come on. And then, and then as you scale your trainers, you can you can scale your training business. The training business is primarily trainers now. All the people that used to sell job board ads are all selling training now, and they're really good at it, and they're happier with it because job board was awful as an awful business. So they're doing that too. So you just simply shifted all those folks over. But it was really a matter of getting the client base in. And at one point, you know, you're I'm working. I'm, I mean, I'm working like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's no time off. There's no. There's not a lot of fun in life doing that. But then you know. Then I started finding people that could lead, and I had to shuffle through some people. I've had some you know some some people that were not so good. I've had some unsavory sav- savory characters work for me. Who always going to happen, have, isn't it? You know, it's always going to happen. I've had people that you know took advantage of us, and you know, yeah. we made some mistakes, but we also learned from those mistakes as well. I mean, we learned. You know to lock the safe because people will steal from you and we you know every small business has got to learn some of those lessons along the way, but they've been a few lessons in the middle of a massive amount of you know of positive so. So, you know, there's no, when I say scaling, there was no secret to scaling the business. I didn't have a venture capital company that's giving me money and I went out and, you know, just bought a bunch of people. It's been one person, one step, one per, you know, one, you know, one, uh, you know, next level at a time. And it's been hard. It's been a grind. It's been difficult. And, you know, you said earlier, you asked me a question and I gave you, you know, do the basics and you said that's really simple. But I can't tell you it, it's been any different here. It's really simple. Work your ass off, right? You grind every single day. You know yep. where you want to go. You have a desire to get there. You have goals to get there. And you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of happiness right now in order to hit that future. And then when you find really good people, you bring them on. And then you work your ass off to make sure that those people are busy and they've got an income. And you can support them. And then when you get them, you bring another person on. And and pretty soon, you start attracting people in. And you're able to then have a team of people, and I've got a, a really amazing group of people at Sales Gravy who just get it. They're practitioners. They understand it. My clients love them, and uh, and I'm in, you know I've been very lucky that way. But it's just been it's just a grind. It's just hard hard work. There is no Fantastic. secret. There's no there's no magic button that you're pushing that's going to make this easy.
0: No, and I'm I'm glad you're you're keeping it so so real with us Jeb and not not spouting any BS and just just showing us that it is about hard work, it's about steady growth, getting the right people in and taking the right steps and then making sure everyone else puts the work in and working with your team. Awesome. So, are there any particular highs or lows that you've had in your business Jeb that you could perhaps share with us some real high points and some low points and how you overcame them?
1: Yeah, you know, the I always go back to the lowest point for my business was in the summer of 2010 and i've i've like you know i've invested everything i've invested so much time i started the business in 2007 so we're in 2010 it's really just me my wife was just beginning to join the business because she realized how hard i was working she was leaving her professional job to come work for sales gravy and make we were making that transition and i basically put everything on the line for the company and my job board at that point was everything. It was producing my revenue, and it was we were doing really, really well. And the website broke, and oh, it no. went down. It went down for a week, and no one could figure a it week. out. And I a week we were gone for a week. And I've got you know customers oh, that are paying me, uh, phones ringing, down like completely down and my web development team here in the US broke it and couldn't figure out how they were going to fix it. And so I'm <laughs> oh, running I a think. subscription, you know, I'm running a subscription-based job board where, you know, the the we're it's we're building people's credit cards. So if it's not up, you're not the billing isn't happening because it's not telling the, it was awful. It was the most horrible, gut-wrenching business experience I've ever been through in my entire life utterly horrible. I didn't think we were going to survive. I didn't think I was going to survive. I mean, I was just in, you know, every night just in tears and I'm, I can't make it, couldn't make it happen. Well, I, we fixed the thing and I made a decision right then and there that I was going to go get a new group of people to work with me on my web team. And I did. Yep. And I've never looked back. I've had the same people uh, in place since 2010. They're my, they're my, my family. They're amazing. They, they keep us up and keep us running. And they're not in the US. They're in India. So I love those guys. I just went and saw them over in Delhi. Uh, so nice, dude. I made a big decision there. And then, you know, a high point would be you know, I, my the biggest customer, longest term customer that I have in 2011, uh, and this happened to me twice. So, in uh, in 2009, I closed my first enterprise company, and it was you know, a miracle. And that was that was the thing that in 2009 I needed that because I'd gone almost two years and not really made any money. And but in 2011, I closed my biggest customer, still my customer now. And that that particular customer and client was the the stepping stone that we needed to to really expand because they gave us an ongoing revenue base that we could work on and they were a great company, great customers, still are and love them to death. And 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 I can't imagine, you know, what we'd have been like if we hadn't picked them up. And then from there, once you get one and you can you can grow one. And then you can build your team out, then you can expand from there. I mean, that's really the test is once you get that anchor client, can you move? A lot of people don't. A lot of people, and right now there's a lot of people in my space that are dying because their sure. entire business revolved around one or two customers versus a wide array of customers. So, you know, immediately once we got that customer, we realized that that's going to be your biggest risk. If you don't expand the more customers you have, the more you're able to de-risk the situation and the more ways you serve those customers, the more you're able to de-risk. So, uh, so, device, yeah, so, you know, so highs and lows. Got it, man.
0: Well, that's, that's a nightmare. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed we weren't around then to sort out your website, but there we go. Um, Okay. So it's interesting you talk about landing enterprise deals. Um, And I completely agree with the point that you said. Um, I'm sure you'll agree as well. No, no customer is sticky and no customer lasts forever. Clients are always coming and going. And even when you think you've got the best client in the world, they might turn around next week and say they're going to a competitor. Um, But on the track of enterprise deals, it's not something we've discussed much yet on the show are there any um, insights or strategies that you recommend for anyone that's looking to land their first enterprise client? Um, And I know we're coming kind of close-ish to time. So is there any quick insights you can say on this is how we landed the deal? I know it's not quick, but.
1: Well, you know, the, the, the part of it is like, you know, it's the grind, like it's the cumulative impact of all the work that you're doing. So, in 2011, the client that I, I landed, I landed it because one of their vice presidents was in an airport and my book was in the airport. And they picked oh, up okay. my book, read the book, sent it out to some people. One of these people said, maybe we should get this guy to come in. So they hired me to come in and do a, a seminar. And after I did the seminar, I started asking questions. I mean, that's, that's literally how we build our accounts out. What else can we do to help you? And it turned out there were a lot of things that we could do to help them. And then that morphed into, into more. I, at the same Got time it. i'd done a lot of research i had i knew what i was getting into uh the first enterprise client i sold that really put us on the map that was the it was the catalyst that we needed to continue to grow on the job board space i had met some of their recruiters and started taking good care of them and at the, at, at one point i had 13 of their recruiters using SalesGravy. For recruiting, and I just built good relationships with them, and I use those relationships to level up to a senior vice president up in Chicago, who I called and asked for a meeting with, and got on an airplane, went to see him, and that 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 really moved me up. And I can't tell you how many you know how many big deals I've closed because I went to I knew my client was going to be at a trade show, and I just went to the trade show just to meet them and say hello and then you know and then later on would work out a deal but i think the biggest thing is for if you're just starting off is you're gonna have to find a way like it's not it's not always easy it's a lot easier these days because we have so much credibility we've got a great brand name We've, we are, my, my client list is a who's who of some of the most prestigious companies in the entire world. Once you're in that space, it's a lot easier because you're a safe choice. And that's really when you're thinking about big companies and the people that make decisions, what they really, really want to know is that you're a person that's not going to make them look bad or help them lose their job or cause problems down the road. They want to trust you. Before you have any of that, it is hook or crook. I mean, it is, so, you know, when i say i landed 1 i was working on 40 so i didn't get 40 sure. i got 1 and and so you've got to put a lot of lines out and you've got to you've got to to you know, you've know, got to keep finding ways, and you can't let losing a deal completely destroy you so you never go back again. At the same time, by the way, you also have to make sure that you're, you're nailing down your small clients too, your bread and butter. If you just go after after elephants, it's really easy to starve to death. So you've got to bring those in, keep those plates spinning, and then go bring on it. a big one. And this is important for me. And because I, I see companies do this all the time, they have all of these small companies that brought them to the dance that they brought and then they get a really big one and then they start ignoring all of those. You cannot do, there's no integrity in that whatsoever. The people that brought you to the dance, you take care of those folks, you, t- you, you treat them like they're gold and I promise you the universe will reward you down the road for that, but do not trash the relationships that you built just because you find something that's bigger. And that's, that's just my advice to people who are entrepreneurs that's, and starting their
0: businesses. Love that. Really like that advice, Jeb. Fantastic. Okay. Well, you've given us some awesome insights so far. Um, on this show, Jeb, we love to take the angle of how digital marketing help helped you. So is there any particular digital marketing channels that you've had success with on Sales Gravy or any that you'd recommend for anyone tuning in?
1: My number one is email. I, from the very okay. beginning, I've built my platform on email. So when I started the company, I had 12 emails and one of them was my mom. And today my email list is is moving towards 1.3 million. So wow. uh, I use HubSpot as my marketing platform. So that's my, that's my core platform. I've been with HubSpot since 2009. I said earlier, we, we help companies make the transition to HubSpot CRM, which I believe is hands down the best CRM for small and mid-sized businesses period. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm, because I'm an evangelist, I became a partner uh, because of the, what they've done for us as a company and and so with HubSpot we're able to use a bunch of different channels but primarily for me it is uh, it is email i don't do a lot of advertising i don't do a lot of i don't buy a lot of advertising i do every once in a while on a facebook or you know sometimes i'll be i'll buy some adwords but primarily i go there and then i leverage my social channels so i've got a a, a pretty large platform it's not massive i mean i'm not like a, you know some a huge massive number but i've got a lot there so there's a lot of discipline that comes with social media and working in social media. Ad- advertising is a piece of that, like buying digital advertising specifically. But, uh, but I think more of a social media is great content, uh, good cadence and then consistency. So being there all the time. And then Gary Vee says this all, all the time and I believe he's, he's, he's right. And I, I try to follow his his advice. And that is, you got to love your audience. You gotta, you've got to comment on things. You got to talk about things. You got to like things. You got to be there. And that's and that's a it's a full time freaking job. It's just it's it's terribly expensive. And I've got I've got three people right now on the other side of that wall who cost a lot of money to have one on the side of that wall. Part of their job is full time social media creating content. Uh, and then for me, you know the um, the the number one we use a lot of video, you know, work on our website, those type of things. But for me, sure. the number one marketing tool that I have is my books. That's number okay. one. Because when people either download a book, read a book, listen to a book, and they see it, that yep. creates fans, it creates credibility, and that makes the phone ring. So, so for me, the books are my legion, my biggest legion that I have is, is a book. So we put really a lot of effort okay. into that. And
0: is that something you recommend that any business owner or entrepreneur looks to do, Jeb, to start writing, to start? Like I that. think
1: I think that you know if you're if you're especially for digital marketing if you've got a website you're certainly having a blog and writing and creating content that it it bolster, bolsters your you know your your search engine optimization especially if you've got a good original content. It certainly will sure. move you up. It it uh, it gives you stuff to post. So you know the you know SEO is one thing, but getting you know, getting eyeballs in. So if I've got a really compelling article and I can post it on social media and share it with people, that's a really nice thing. If I got a really compelling article and I can put it in a newsletter, that's a really good thing. Uh, so I, th- I definitely think that you should write. If I was a business owner or an entrepreneur and I didn't have a book, I would start by writing a blog and then I would turn my blog into a book because you, you get into the, the art and the act of writing and then you can grab yep. that content and then you can re-leverage that content. And you can do the same thing with video, you can do the same thing with audio, so you can do those things. So the thing about writing a book is if, you, if you're just writing a book as a business to have a book, that's pretty easy, write a book, go to Create Space, get it published. Your three people are going to read it. And one of them is going to be your mom. Um, so if you want to write books and use books to make money, you got to hustle, you got to grind and you got to get your butt out there because the money is on the road, not on a book. And that's the mistake that most people make is they write a book and they think, well, I'll write a, bo- a book. Everything's going to come to me. It does not work that way. And the my successful books I have 11 of them going on 12, and I'll have 13 and 14 out in the next um, year and a half. So it's, it's about the cumulative impact of all those books al- along the way. A few of them have been massive hits. most of them have been just you know good every day. We're, you know, we're going first base, second base, third base so the thing for 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 you is that if you're going to write one, you need to get behind it and get prepared to drive it, whether you're self-publishing or you've got a publisher, and and I and I think that more than one book matters. I think if you if you've just got one in you, you know if you're you know if you write you know To Kill a Mockingbird, which is a non-fiction <laughs> book, you know you can do that once in your lifetime you know, good for you, but very few people do that, you've got to build on those things. So if you're an entrepreneur, you've got a series of books, I think you've got a really powerful message there, especially if you're working to get the book out there. But you definitely should write, you definitely should create content, you should definitely use your content to to get people to come in, but more than anything, use the content to build your list of people who are your fans who want more information, and then take really good care of your list, and then you can use your list to create anything. you can make anything happen with with a good list, and that doesn't mean that you can 't buy advertising to bring people in so you could do a webinar by advertising to have people come into say a, a webinar that um you know that's always running, so they have to put their email address in. You could create yep. eBooks that people can come in. If you're an entrepreneur, best thing you can do is just go hire somebody to build those things for you, because you'll get a lot more done faster if you do that way. One of the lessons I've learned is try to do them on my own. But Definitely. if you can, if you can do those type of things, and I think you have to start thinking, Sam. And I know you get this. It's it's an ecosystem of things. So if you're if you're if you're buying advertising and you don't run a direct e-commerce program you buy advertising, your advertising should do either legion or capture names that 's going to cost money so then you 've got to be able to use that in a, an appropriate way and you want to get me, you want to get people that are coming in that you don 't have to pay for people that are coming in that you do have to pay for and then you have to have a content ecosystem around everything that you 're doing in order to create a, a, a basically a magnet of people who want to come to you and sure. And and I mean, it's just like well, it sounds no way- like you it sounds like you're
0: hitting an omni-channel approach there, Jeb. You've you've named every, almost every digital marketing channel, which I'm pleased about. And um, I think that's that's some great advice. You Basically, have to do looking- you
1: have to do everything. You've got to fish everywhere. I mean, it's the same thing with virtual selling. There's it's an omni-channel approach. You have synchronous communication of asynchronous communication. And if you don't use all the channels, you reduce the win probability for you and your sales pipeline. Same thing on digital marketing. I think that the, the most important thing that people get is it's hard freaking work. Like, you, like people go True. home and do social media. Look, let me tell you something. It's going to take over your life. You're going to live your life with your face in a phone if you're doing social media well. Because you're going to have to be there all the time. You, you, you've got to have regular content that goes out and i 'll give you an example just you know just yesterday I've got, I've got a new kid working for me he 's going through my books pulling out quotes and then okay. going on canva and creating memes with the quotes. then we have a book cover on the quote i don 't have time to do that so they're going through that I've, stu- I mean, I've still got to go through the quotes and go, is that a good quote or a bad quote and then somehow or another that has to get up online and you can 't just run through so you can post through HubSpot or wh- whatever your marketing automation platform is you can post through those those platforms but at the same time, the algorithms kill you when you post to those platforms, so you, that's okay, but you yeah, also have to post it. by hand, right?
0: So-, so true, so true, especially so with, um, like you say, LinkedIn, it's like playing the long game, and if you want to get results from it, you've gotta put in the work, you've gotta put in the content yep. each and every day, otherwise you won't see results, and it'll, it'll go for nothing, awesome. Okay, well we've covered some great ground, we've covered some good stuff in terms of learning a story, in terms of how you've built up your business, and the digital marketing channels you recommend. Um, Jeff, are there any habits that you follow or that you recommend people should follow in order to be a success in business?
1: I've got bad habits, Sam.
0: <laughs> really? What are we talking? I,
1: <laughs> I eat too much, uh, I don't exercise enough. I'm not one of these people that has like crazy habits where you get up at the same time every day or you do whatever. My, my habit is grind. It, and I, and I, I hate to say this, and I'm not saying this is the right way. I'm a bull in a china shop. I will outwork you. I will outwork anybody. I'm not smart. I'm, there's a lot of people that are really, way smarter than me. I'm not particularly talented. There's tons of people that are way more talented than me. But you will never outwork me. So my, my biggest habit is 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 that I just get up every day and I've got a list of what I'm trying to accomplish. I've got a good vision for the future. I usually have pretty good goals and I and I just go after it and nothing stops me. So I think that for me it's not so much a habit. It's a it's a trait. And just the one thing that people ask me all the time, you know, what what's makes you different or what have you? I'm just relentless. And which if you're married to me is a very very tough thing to be married to. Um, so <laughs> But I just that's me. So I don't have like, you know, I can tell you if you're a salesperson, I can tell you get up every single day, front load your day with impact. Uh, if you're a leader, I can tell you get up every single day. And the first thing you need to do is be talking to your people, not having your head in a, you know, in a computer. As an entrepreneur, I can tell you, you need to figure out what you need to grind on in your business because it's going to be different from you and different from me and different where we are. But there's nothing in the world that, that takes the place of busing your ass every single day and working really, really hard. And If there's one thing that I do, that's it. Versus some really weird, you know, the Seven Habits of, you know, of Happy entrepreneurs Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I know what you mean yeah. getting up at four thirty AM, going to the gym, going for yeah. a run, and then then you're ready to do the day. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you're keeping it real. I- and You sound much <laughs> like myself.
1: I, that's like, that would be like, I, I I dream about getting up at 4.30 in the morning and going to the, you know, going to the gym and going through a run. And like this morning I went into my gym, I got up and I went into the gym and I did, uh, I did, uh, you know, one little set of, uh, of bench presses and went, screw it, I'm going to work. So, you know.
0: <laughs> get a coffee, get a donut, let's start work. That's one.
1: exactly right. Cool, man. Awesome so it's been great everyone
0: you've been listening to or you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show where we sit down with business leaders experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe we find out their story how digital marketing has helped along the way and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Jeb I'd like to ask everyone on this show if you could thank just one person either dead or alive for having a positive influence on yourself and your career who would that be and why?
1: I would thank my mom. I think my mom has had the most positive influence, and I have my dad too. I, you know, I have to, there's no way you can you pull them apart. They're, they're different people, but my parents overall, I, they've had the most positive uh, influence in my life. And more than anything, they made sure that when I got out of college, that I didn't have any debt. And as a uh, as a young person, that was a huge lift up, and that was a lot of sacrifice on their part to make sure that happened. So to my parents. Um, you're the most influential people in my life.
0: Awesome, dude. Excellent stuff. And Jeb, how can people get in touch with you? Tell us a quick snapshot of your business and the best way people can connect.
1: Absolutely. You can get with me. You can connect with me at uh, jebblunt.com, B-L-O-U-N-T, jebblunt.com. Most, the best way is salesgravy.com. So just go to salesgravy.com. You can find everything I do there. And you can get my podcast. It's uh, SalesGravy. On any, any channel, go to YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash salesgravy. I'm on Twitter at salesgravy, Instagram at salesgravy, Facebook at salesgravy, and then uh, on LinkedIn, it's pretty easy. Just type in my name and you'll find me there.
0: It's all gravy, baby. The show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com, helping businesses skyrocket their leads, sales, and brand positioning with results driven digital marketing, SEO, conversion focused websites, and mobile apps. That's webchoiceuk.com. Jeb, it's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
0: Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.